Good morning, guys. It's Emmett. I want to talk today about collaboration. I've been fortunate enough to collaborate in a number of different ways over the course of the last few years. Whether it's the Big Sloyd podcast with Daniel Lundberg or the Pocketbook of Axe Locks with Lee John Phillips. And of course, the big one, my collaboration with Matt White and Spoonosaurus. And just in our careers in general, collaboration has been probably underestimated as one of the pillars of whatever success I've had. And I wanted to talk about it more because as I was visiting my 94-year-old grandmother, I think I keep saying she's 93, but I'm pretty sure she's actually turned 94 in June. I visited my 94-year-old grandmother yesterday, just for the day, to sit, sit at a distance and chat. And she was asking about things, and I was telling her about the collaboration that I had with Matt, and, and in talking about it, it made me realize, not for the first time, but afresh, how important that collaboration has been to my career in this scene. Um, Matt and I met when we were both at similar places starting out. Um, we were had both been carving spoons for a little bit. We're both into it, but we weren't what we are today in skill or in reputation. We just weren't. And I think that was part of why it worked out well. I had had relationships, um, correspondences with people who were much further along than I was, but they were never true collaborations because in my experience, when there is too much of a dichotomy in where people think they are in a scene, hold on, there's a really beautiful photograph I need to take. Stand by. Um, let's see here. Just passing some poplar leaves on the ground and the coloring of them is amazing. Very nice. Okay. Um, I'll use that as the image for this episode so you guys can see it. Um, in my experience, when the when the the difference in stature has been too great, it it doesn't seem to work out because there is not enough benefit for one or the other. You know, it sort of benefits the person with less stature far more and it maybe doesn't benefit the person with more stature enough to really put generously into the relationship. I'm not saying it can't ever happen, but it, that's not how it's happened for me. It's always seemed to happen with people who were on par with where I am 
at any given moment and where it feels equally beneficial. So Matt and I met when we were both starting out. Um, and he reached out to me to see if I'd be interested in a, uh, uh, a knife, a handled Mora blade that he had handled um, in exchange for a couple of spoons because he wanted to see my work. Um, and I sent him some spoons. I cringe when I see those spoons today. He sent me a knife. I immediately didn't like the handle and reshaped it. But because it was made out of a, a section of walnut that had a bunch of knots in it, <clears throat> there was a bunch of grain tear out. And at that point, Matt was sanding his knives. And so I said, I'm going to send it back to you because I reshaped the handle. I don't like how it was shaped. So you're going to see how I shaped it so you can see if you like it. Um, and I'd like you to sort of resand it. And bless Matt's heart. He is, uh, at, at least with me, has been one of the people in my life who is the best at taking feedback from me generously and seriously. Um, <clears throat> and he saw my handle and liked it, and it's become the handle of his Sloyds ever since. Uh, largely, I think he's done he's done some other variants, but that that handle was the progenitor of it all, and. And that was also the start of a relationship that Matt and I had. And then we decided to do uh, the Spoonosaurus Instagram account together as a joint project just for free. And then I approached him about doing the magazine together because we were having fun when we'd hang out. And I recognized that here was this thing that we were building together. And we seemed to, at that point, we already had a sort of working design relationship where I was giving Matt design feedback on his tools um, and benefiting tremendously from his tremendous leaps and bounds in that same direction. Um, and as our careers have grown, they've grown in, in part, they've, they have become what they've become I'm not saying I'm solely responsible for Matt's success, nor is he solely responsible for my success, but certainly the feedback that I give him on his tools is valuable, and the access to tools that I have had feedback on that are at his quality is tremendously valuable. And just the fact that we collaborate on these things together has raised awareness of each of us across the scene as a whole not to mention, been a valuable part of our lives for its own right. Um, and that only became more so when we started the magazine. So I think collaboration usually starts small, because you never know if it's going to pan out with somebody. I've had other collaborations with people that have not panned out, some that panned out on a smaller scale, and others that sort of seemed interesting at first, but really never amounted to anything. And so I think it's valuable to start lots of collaborations with people on different levels and then follow your instincts about what seems to be working out, where the benefit lies, where your interests lie. It's not that I knew with Matt right away, oh, this is someone that's going to be important. I didn't. 
And I didn't know when we were friends that it was going to be as important. I didn't know that we were going to start a magazine together until I decided I wanted to start a magazine and decided to ask Matt if he'd do it with me because it felt too daunting to do it by myself. So you don't necessarily know which horse to back, but you don't have to just go by hindsight. I think you start by being open to collaborations with lots of people and then stuff works out and other stuff doesn't work out and some stuff works out to different levels. I will say that the common denominator that has made the more successful collaborations that I've done with Matt and with Lee and with Daniel successful have been um, a willingness to put in uh, lots of effort and time up front to a project that I believe in. Um, and, and to have a sort of vision driving it forward. And at the same time, to not be super controlling about what the other person contributes. I think the reason those things worked out, the three I just mentioned, is that I was both interested in contributing my time and my money in some instances, like with the magazine, I funded that out of pocket to get it up off the ground and still haven't taken that money back out. And and but at the same time letting the other person contribute what they're interested in contributing is also the key because a collaboration is not about you having a single vision and getting other people to serve that vision it's letting other people contribute their best to the to the project and i think that's where you really get strong long-lasting relationships that even if you don't get your say perfectly with how something turns out in the moment will lead overall to a much greater um just a much greater thing in the world than if you had held tightly to controlling every little detail i do plenty in my life by myself there are plenty of places in my life where i control every little detail i think it's healthy to balance that out with collaborations and I can't think of any greater collaboration than my marriage. My wife and I have been together 15 years. We've been married 13 years. We got married young. And I don't think that that would have been good for everyone. But for us, uh, it was a good fit. And we got tremendously lucky but it was a good fit. We had both dated a bunch of other people. We certainly weren't going into it blind. We knew what we wanted, and when we saw it, we jumped on it. Once that was true, 
I think it was tremendously helpful that we were at similar places in our lives, similarly trying to work it out, and willing to both put in a lot of effort and also allow the other person to control how much they were contributing to the collaboration. And I think it helped that we were at similar statures in our life, right? Both were basically the same age, who basically were just starting out in life and had nothing going for us particularly except for really wonderful families. And and so we were on an equal footing from the beginning. And I think that allowed us to be in a place where neither of us felt like we could control single-handedly what the, the ultimate thing was. Because something like a marriage and a family is far too great and complex and important to each party for anyone to control the ultimate shape and dynamic of it or what the other person brings to the table. You just have to be generous with what you bring to the table and choose wisely someone who will do the same. I'm not in a position to offer relationship advice in the sense that, uh, so I'd, I don't want to go further into that, but I will say that if you are feeling stuck professionally in your life, trying to get spoon carving or any other thing that you're trying to do off the ground, look for the collaborations. Look for the opportunities to reach out to somebody who you admire, but who is similarly poised as you. And develop a friendship, develop a relationship. You don't have to know, you don't have to have a great idea for collaboration right off the bat. And in fact, it's probably better to develop a relationship first and a collaboration second. Um, because the times in my life where I've uh, reached out to collaborate with someone, well, not true. I actually did that with Lee and it worked out great, but I think that's because Lee's great. Um, I think it helps. But I guess Lee and I had, we knew of each other, we knew each other's work, we admired each other's work. So that, you know, we were able to enter the idea of a collaboration with a, from a place of mutual respect and admiration. And I think, I think that is a powerful, powerful tool for moving you forward if you feel stuck in a rut, is to reach out to the people already within your circle and just say, hey, um... I think it I think it's probably helpful to approach somebody with an actual idea for a collaboration you could do with them rather than simply say let's collaborate on something that worked out with me and Lee 
but I think um, it probably helped that we had very discreet skill sets. He's an illustrator, I'm a writer, that we knew would pair well together. So it was sort of obvious what we would collaborate on, and we just had to define what we were excited enough about and what made sense. But if it's not as clear-cut what you might be each be contributing as that, I think it's probably helpful to simply uh, come up with an idea and say, hey, I think this is a great idea. Would you be interested in collaborating on it with me? And that way they can say yes. And I also think it's important not to hash that idea out in your own head down to the last degree because then you're not leaving room for the other person to bring their sauce to the table. So it's a tricky balance that I'm suggesting you do. I think it's, I think you want to have ideas of what might succeed in the marketplace and what might make you happy to do and what you have the skill set to at least partly do. Think about who would be a good collaborator who you already know and are friends with and are on par with and reach out and see if they are excited about the project as well. And then see where it leads. Start small. Don't be afraid to dream big, but start with something small. And act generously within the partnership, within the collaboration. And sometimes the collaboration doesn't need to be as cut and dried. I don't think Matt ever officially asked me if I wanted to be the royal guinea pig of his tool designs. And I don't think I'm the only guinea pig. Um, we've never defined it as such. I've certainly talked about it and written about it, but we never had a conversation about it. So I don't think collaborations need to be drawn out as clearly. Um, sometimes they can simply evolve, but, um, but remember that especially for those kinds of collaborations that are built on feedback, very few people are open to feedback in the way that Matt has been. And I think he's part of why he was open to feedback for me is that um, it was just barely clear enough that I was then who I have become now in terms of someone who does a lot of spoon carving has firm opinions about what works and what doesn't work based on lots of practice and hands-on evaluation. Because you can get feedback from somebody and then it turns out that their feedback isn't particularly valuable to you because they don't have the, the breadth of experience or the... the the temperament to give you feedback in a way that is actually useful to you. Um, so it runs both ways. You might have plenty of feedback to give people, and I certainly have plenty. I'm, I feel like I've given plenty of uh, toolmakers feedback that they have not taken. Matt has taken it, and that's because it's a two-way street. They need to be willing to take it, uh, from me, and I need to feel like they're they're open to hearing it. 
because quite often I just don't give it because it doesn't, you know, half the time I don't give it because it doesn't feel like they would even hear it. Um, so it's a two-way street and you need to be willing to be generous both in a vulnerable way and also in an expansive way when somebody is being vulnerable with you. But I have found when I really think about it that those sorts of collaborations and in my personal life collaborations with my wife and with my family that all, almost all the really good successful things in my life have um, at least part of their origins in collaborations, which is to say relationships with other people. And it's worth keeping that in mind, especially if you feel stuck because there is a magnifying power and an, ex and an energy that doing things with other people in collaboration with other people has that doing things by yourself never can. Thanks for listening, guys. Talk tomorrow. Thank <laughs> you.